Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Garza, and it is a beautiful, sunny, pretty, soon to be really warm, 87 degree morning that I am recording this episode. And I actually just got watching for the second viewing uh, Stardom Yokohama Dream Cinderella in summer. The show only took place three days ago, but I wanted to have a slightly fresher uh, thought in my head because it was a really packed show. It was a really newsworthy show. Uh, it's it's interesting because the last two pay-per-views that Starman has had, they've both been pretty newsworthy for different reasons, uh, but it does seem like a lot of people are starting to pay a lot of attention to stardom for one reason or another. And I, I thought that this show was fantastic. And I am talking about July the 4th stardom Yokohama dream Cinderella in summer. This took place at the Yokohama Budokan in Yokohama, Japan. Obviously they had about, about 1100 people pretty, okay it's like the venue can hold definitely way more but i think 1100 people so it's okay for a it was a show that on paper didn't seem so big and so i i completely understand it uh in addition i mean pandemic <laughs> yes it's still here don't pretend it's not but this was a seven no, with six match card <laughs> um, that included championship, like included defenses of all the championships except the trios titles. That is because Tanakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Naisayaka were involved in other championship matches. But the main event of the night was the big newsworthy thing that was Utami Hayashita defeating Natsuko Tora by a referee decision and that referee decision was a pretty much a I don't know if it would count like a a, a knockout or just like a referee stoppage it's it's not necessarily a referee stoppage um in the sense of throwing the match out because it was a win for Hayashita but what happened was that at the 11th 12th minute mark of this world of stardom championship match natsuko tora right after going through a crazy looking table spot she went for the simplest stomp from the apron to the floor as she fell her i saw her her ankle buckle people are saying that it was the knee uh but it didn't seem like the knee but i think just the ankle buckling may have put the strain on the knee and thus she tore her ACL and she went down and she was never able to get back up, up again. Uh, Tsukutora is injured. She is out of commission for now. And if it is, I think it's, it's already been officially announced that it was the ACL. And if that is the case, that's, that's going to be eight to 10 months out of 
competition it's going to to suck for her um, she was involved in some pretty big things that I guess we can touch upon in a little bit but yeah uh, so yeah, she uh, like she she wasn't really she didn't really got to do much uh, once that happened she just kind of like sold until she was notified by the by Rossi Ogawa and referee that the decision was being placed and that they were throwing the match out and so she went back to the ring kind of like as officially like to not I, I don't know like I kind of felt like they were trying to salvage like not just throw the match out or not make it a double count or anything like that and so they just allowed Heish to, to get back in the ring and once she was back the referee officially uh, called for the match out and it I don't know it, it sucks Natsuko Torao like she was involved in a really big feud with with Mayu Watani uh, with stars I guess she has her big story with Starlight Kid and we have to imagine that the Starlight Kid and Natsuko Tora thing was gonna go pretty far pretty far um, I speculated many many times that eventually it would lead to Starlight Kid versus Natsuko Tora for Starlight Kid's freedom or something like that uh, and then she was having a World of Stardom Championship match in a main event of a pay-per-view so that was pretty big for her so it is unfortunate that this happened um, especially the ACL that just takes you out for so long uh, it's one of those things that happens so often in wrestling sometimes and it just it breaks your heart because it's ACL tears for the most part usually come from like the stupidest reasons uh, in this case it was just like jumping from the apron to the f to the floor it's 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 not that crazy of a thing uh, so yeah it was unfortunate the match itself in my opinion though I think it did serve as a way that once she comes back she could just immediately go after a championship because what we got to see in the match because it was cut short is Natsuko Tora dominating Hayashita it was the heat uh, segment of the match we never actually got into the comeback and because of that you could make the argument that Hayashita only survived with the title because Natsuko Tora was injured and so if she comes back if she comes back as a heel because she may come back as a like, not as a baby face but like she may get like a champion's welcome but once she comes back if Hayashishita for some reason still holds a championship at that point I highly doubt it um she can always say hey Hayashishita last time you and I fought I had your number I was on my way to beat you and I injured myself and thus I didn't do it but I know that if I get another shot I will destroy you and so there's just a story there you know uh, that can happen uh, other things about this match um, like I said some people have been discovering stardom now that uh, Meltzer gave one match a fire plus start rating and now people are pretending to to follow stardom but uh, the other complaint that I've heard about was that there was like a lot of interference and it's like I watch that shit on my WWE 
I don't want that stuff in my startup. It's like, well, sir, sit down. Let me tell you about Joshi Wrestling. Uh, Oedo Tai and especially Natsuko Tora are characters based and I guess in like honoring Dump Matsumoto, the same Dump Matsumoto that we've been watching on All Japan uh, Wrestling Women's. And they're the the Oedotai, well, while it's not exactly Gokaku Domei, it is pretty similar to Gokaku Domei. And so that is like interference by a stable is a Joshi trope. If you see it in every single match on your in American wrestling, that is bad booking. But in here in Japan, tell me what other match or what other stable had interference. It was just Oedo Tai. And why? Because that is their gimmick. Uh, and they are the only uh, stable or group in the promotion that does that because that is their thing they are Gokaku Lumei they are Da Matsumoto Natsuko Tora is Da Matsumoto and so that is like that in my opinion is just a, a complaint that kind of shows that you just are getting familiar with Joshi you're getting familiar with Stardom I think it's something that you you either get accustomed to or you're just not paying attention and yeah, so that's the reason. If you think the referee, why is the referee not disqualifying them? Well, again, go watch Joshi from the 80s. Referees uh, usually give leverage to this type of things. And by any means, like, referees are humans and they decide whether something is worth uh, canceling a match for or not. Uh, it is the big title match main event of the night there are many ways of addressing this type of things like either you kind of like try to get control if that doesn't work you can kick people out if that doesn't work then maybe you can disqualify and just cancel the match uh, that i think like us or not, not not even us viewers i think just like wrestling fans have been indoctrinated by the wwe that of how uh, interference is done by everyone and so at this point like we all believe that interference by itself it should be like just cancel the match and everything's bad but when done correctly when it makes sense it's okay like in this match it was to set up a table spot and at that point that's where it ended it, and then you have both Hayashi, like Queen's Quest and Oedo Tyler like it's not like like there is a brawl of stables outside it's not just like interference for the sake of interference like you need to be able to recognize these differences uh in like at least in promotions so anyway uh i thought that was uh unwarranted criticism it it i mean like i said it just kind of shows that you're barely getting into joshi and you're just you're just accustomed to watching U.S. wrestling, uh, but I, I completely understand. But anyway, the rest of the show, uh, that was like the sad part. It was unfortunately the, the ending of the show. The rest of the show was pretty awesome. It started with a gauntlet t tag team match 
Hanan and Hina versus Lady C and Micah versus Oedotai. The, the uh, one Oedotai team, Fukika and Death and Konami, and the other, Rina and Saki Kashima. The way the match went was that first you have the team of Rina and Saki Kashima defeat Hanan and Hina, which was actually my favorite part of the match. I really enjoy watching Hanan, Hina, Rina like do their thing and Kashima's like I, I really like Kashima and so she mixes up well with the other two then Lady C and Maika came out and defeated Rina and Kashima and then at the end Fukigen Death and Konami defeated Lady C and Maika the the match itself I the only thing that I, I would have really changed was just the order of the teams I probably would have have uh, start with Rina and Kashima versus Micah and Lady C and then have once Rina and Kashima are defeated have Death and Konami come out and they can defeat Micah and Lady C and then Hanan and Hina can come out and then Konami and Death can defeat them too uh, just because I think Hanan and Hina they were so good in this match that I would have had them at the end but I understand they want to have Micah and Konami at the end. Uh, you can't really complain. They are the two bigger names of this match. Uh, but yeah, that was it. It was a good match. It went like almost 20 minutes altogether. But then again, it's four matches. So each match actually had a decent amount of time, which was pretty good. Um, Himeka made her return. He, she didn't wrestle, but uh, she was out there uh, along with Micah and Lady C. So that was kind of fun. Uh, then we had a tag team match. Queen's Quest defeated Oedotai. This was Asumi and Momo Watanabe defeating Ruaka and, and Starlight Kid. Oedotai's Starlight Kid, which I like to call Star Dark Kid. Uh, this was all about pretty much just showcasing what this new Starlight Kid is. And she's really awesome. I, I really enjoy the mannerisms, the moves she uses, like the look she looks fantastic because she's now wearing like the the blue eyes and the dark uh let's go lipstick and so she looks really cool she looks right on par with everyone else in oil my only my only problem with this is that she barely just lost the match like i think it was less than a month ago because it was in june 6 i think or june 7 and so I thought that it was way too soon to reach this point. Like we saw the angle where Natsuko Tora gave Starlight Kid the mask, the, the all black or the tie mask. And that was cool. But I did kind of feel like we got to the point where she's just like, I mean, right now she's pretty much a heel. Uh, she's doing the oil tie like group spots she's interfering she's attacking people outside i felt that all of that was way too soon like she, it's like she embraced the hate way too quickly <laughs> and i don't know I, I i thought that that should have been more of a like maybe like a two-month quest and i think like I, I don't know exactly where they're going i don't know if it's she embrace the dark side and now she's dark side or if she is like still good inside but just like i don't know like playing games 
either or i think you could have waited a little bit more just have her like struggle more with oilotai even like she could have played a part in the main event tonight if everything had gone correctly where starlight kid kind of in a way doesn't allow or doesn't cheat to help natsuko tora and that's how like to build that or as like the still half and half mass she does help tora cheat even if tora doesn't win like she can kind of like help her win or not win like help her do something and that's where she like we can start to see hints that she is going into the dark side um but anyway i just felt like they could have allowed this to boil a little bit more and maybe <clears throat> maybe just unleash it before the five star grand prix and that's when she goes full whatever she is and just runs the whole tournament as that gimmick anyway <laughs> the match itself was fantastic uh i mean really ruaka is the weakest of the two of the four and she's not exactly weak i mean she's she's coming to herself she's really learning to wrestle as herself and so it's good she's just not at the level of the other three so anytime asumi kid or watanabe were in the ring was fantastic raka was there like when watanabe was carrying raka it was fantastic um so good match good match then we have the future of stardom championship um match this is a tournament finals so it is for the bacon championship mina shirakawa defeated unagi sayaka 17 minutes fantastic match um i like uh, some of the comments also that i heard said like this is a match of people who are less than three years in the business and it used to be two uh, but three years in the business and or under 20 of age like I, we know that neither this woman are under 20 years uh shirakawa i think it's like 33 and sayaka is also like 31 but uh that means that they're they've been here for less than three years and oh boy they had a fantastic match um i mean I thought the selling could have been better and some of the execution could have been crispier but the story that they told us the the like the intensity was really good uh there was a point early on where they started striking each other and i knew these two had some heat that they built to this match so when i saw it, i was like yeah like that is that is perfectly okay but then they went and had like 10 minutes of a match just doing submissions and like pretty like intense submissions but like just grappling and and so i did kind of feel like that striking exchange should have been left for after all of that so that it kind of built as like oh my god like they've reached the point where they're striking each other but when they started with that it did kind of seem like oh, okay so that's where we at and then we just kind of like ride the wave but uh yeah so fantastic match uh i'm i mean i'm a huge sayaka fan but i am perfectly happy with shirakawa winning she has improved so much in the last or ever since joining stardom so i'm i'm happy to see her with the championship so at this point of all of the cosmic angels shirakawa has two titles nakano has two titles 
and Sayaka is the only one with one title, the the trio title. And so after the match, she does the the implication is made that she is going to try and chase the SWA championship from Suri. Next, we had the Goddess of Stardom Championship. This is the tag title: um, Donna Del Mondo versus Stars Koguma and Mayu Watani. This. Uh, I, I think I've heard people jump between this and the next match as a match of the night. I I think I would go probably the, with the Wardom Wonder of Stardom Championship match as my favorite match, but this one was fantastic. The only weakness here was that Koguma, it's similar to what I said with Queen's Quest and Odatai. Koguma is fantastic. She's been out of stardom for a while, and so... But you could see uh, she was just not at the league of the other of Julia and Sudi. And it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if you kind of built her as the underdog side of stars. And it kind of played into that, but it really just came down to Julia getting her win back from Koguma. And because Koguma pinned Julia in the build up to this match. So because of that like i did feel like aguma got a lot uh given to her in this match and so like there she wasn't really an underdog she just had to go really long with julia um but beyond that anything that iwatani did with either julia or suri was fantastic um the koguma versus julia stuff was pretty good uh koguma there was a couple of spots where it seemed like she was either a little gassed out or she just like needed I guess more experience she she takes a hell of a bump but also a lot of the bumps she takes are kind of scary because she's not like it doesn't feel like she's fully rotating there was a this spot that Sudi and Julia have been doing where Julia does a, a superplex but Sudi pretty much Germans Julia down uh, for the extra leverage and in that one Koguma it didn't seem like she she pushed herself off the ring post and so Julia kind of like had to pull her down and so it didn't seem like she was going to fully rotate for a superplex and that is that is pretty scary she did end up landing okay so that's good um, but yeah like little things like that uh, I noticed that Koguma just like maybe just needs to work on that or or like I say maybe she was just a little gassed out the match went 20 minutes it is it is probably like the longest thing that she's done in a long time. So uh, we'll cut some slack in that sense. And the final match uh, that we have to go is the Wonder of Stardom Championship match. Uh, my favorite match of the night. This was Tamdakano defeating Saya Kamitani in about 22 minutes. This was, uh, let, let me say this, it was really good. It was fantastic, but I don't think it's the best match they, they could have. Uh, there's something about Kamitani. She's so unique in her style. She's really like the only high-flying wrestler in stardom. That uh, every time we have a match announced for her, I start to get hyped for seeing their opponents have to go against someone like Kamitani. It's similar to the thing that... I have like when Osprey went into the heavyweight division or I don't know like yeah combinations like that um, where 
you have someone that is so high flying and so that has like a really unique uh, arsenal that when going against someone like Tamnakano, you're like, ooh, let's see how Tamnakano can take on a high flyer. But that's not really what we got. We got a Tamnakano match with the whole, uh, she takes laps and, and doesn't sell them. She's, she's becoming Minoru Suzuki in that sense. And we had a couple of like aerial spots for sure, but it wasn't really a Kamitani uh, high flying match. It was more of an Akano match. And it actually played really similar to the Natsupoi Nakano match where Nakano's just like incredibly overpowering to the point that Kamitani and as Natsupoi did just become desperate because they are not able to really damage or injure or anything Nakano. Eventually uh, Kamitani like did eventually have way more offense that Natsupoi had and got like closer to the winning but then Nakano just kind of like snap out of it got a got the a couple of Germans in and then eventually won and like I think it's okay for Nakano to establish this persona she's she's going against people like Natsupoi and, and Kamitani who are up and comers it's understandable she that she should be portrayed in this way but I do think that there has to be a point where someone like Siuri or Julia or Iwatani or even like even like a Konami or a Watanabe like step up and that shit doesn't go like she tries to like play the, the slap me thing and I can take it. And after three slaps, she she gets she stumbles. Like she doesn't have to go down, but she stumbles. I think that needs to build up to it because otherwise, and I'm going to complain about. Well, it's not complain, but this is something that we're going to talk about in a little bit with Juji Hino. Uh, when you do that type of stuff, it's fun against certain wrestlers, but when you do it against certain other wrestlers, it doesn't work, and it it just kind of like. It doesn't make you look better. It just diminishes the other person. And it's something that actually I brought up when Akiyama and Hino were in the same ring for the Ultimate Tag League in DDT. When Hino does the the chop me, I could take it spot, and he did it against Akiyama. Like, okay, I can understand Hino surviving some Akiyama's chops, but it's fucking Junakijama. Uh, I think after the third one, you should stumble. It should hurt you because it's Akijama. I think that should have been the case with Higuchi. And I understand why they didn't do that or why they don't do that uh, and why it worked with Hino. But that is Hino, like right there, like that specific spot that they were building. So. To me, like I think that if Tanakano takes on a, a bigger challenger, uh, she does need to change her style a little bit, or not so change the style. She just needs to like change the match, uh, because yeah, like that. That's my like I I really like the match, and I like this Tanakano as she is right now. But I think this is working because she's facing 
Kamitani, she's facing Natsupoi. Uh, but I am really curious to see uh, how Nakano progresses as a champion and how pro she progresses as a wrestler now that she has this new style, I guess. Like, she seems to be getting more strong style than a lot of the other women. But, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic match. Uh, Nakano, like I said, like, she looked fantastic easily. Uh, like, like I said, I think a lot of people are jumping between the Goddess of Stardom and the Wonder of Stardom Championship matches as the match of the night. I, I pretty much had them around the same. I think I did like Nakano versus Kamitani slightly more because of the things that I've said about Koguma. But nonetheless, I think they were both fantastic. Um, so the only other thing, uh, oh yes, after Nakano won, Starlight Kid came out and challenged Tom Nakano for a match. Uh, I don't know when it's not going to take place. I don't know if they're going to hold it uh, for a bigger show. I don't think they would. But again, it's Tom Nakano versus someone small. It's uh, So she can still do that, her, her shtick. Starlight Kid is okay. But like I said, once it comes to someone big, they have to change that. Uh, but anyway, the, the other uh, big news that came out from Stardom is that they announced the five-star Grand Prix uh, blocks. So we have two blocks. Red block is Julia Momo Watanabe. Natsuko Tora, who at this point we know she has to be replaced. By whom? I have no idea. We can talk about that. Uh, Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, Natsupo, Himeka, Koguma, Mina Shirakawa, and Mayu Watani. So right there... We're going to have some Julia Watani, uh, Julia versus Watanabe, uh, Starlight Kid versus Iwatani, and that's going to be really important. Um, Natsupoi versus Julia, mm, Natsupoi versus Iwatani, uh, those should be good. Uh, Himeka versus Julia and Natsupoi. Himeka versus Natsupoi is also going to be really interesting. Koguma versus Iwatani. So a couple of interesting matches in the red block. And I and as for Natsukotora being replaced, I have no idea who it could be. It is a Grand Prix, so it's not as easy to just call some like call Rinka Lokura and hear like, hey, can you take like a month off so we can have a round robin tournament? We know you have a championship and wave, but I mean think about it. There is a chance that it could be someone like Rinka Lokura or or no, I don't know, like someone like that. Uh but then it could also just end up being Hanan or Rina or Hina or, or Fukigen Dev. I don't think Fukigen Dev is also, and I think it's the same case. Fukigen Dev does work as Kaori Yoneyama in many other promotions, so it may be a matter of she just can't take the full schedule uh, off. So we'll see who, who she gets replaced with. Uh, in the blue block, we have Hayashishita, Siuri, Tamnakano, Sayaka Mitani, Maika, Asumi, Ruaka, Konami, Unagi Sayaka. And a mystery participant X that hasn't been announced. I am at this point speculating that that will be Jungle Kiona's big return. Uh, but I mean, that's another thing. We, we have no idea. We have no reason to believe that is going to be Jungle Kiona. But also, like in case of matches, we, we this is going to give us the Hayashishita Siuri rematch. And it's, only, it's going to be under a rigid 30 minute time limit. Uh, so that that should be a time limit draw. Hayashita versus Asumi. 
Hayashita versus Nakano, champion versus champion. Siuri uh, versus Nakano. Don't be surprised if Siuri gets that win and challenges afterwards. Uh, Samikani, Amikamitani versus Nakano uh, rematch. Kamitani versus Hayashita. Kamitani versus Siuri. Konami versus Siuri. Konami versus Hayashita. Uh, Sayaka is going to be there facing against Nakano and Hayashishita, the champions facing against Siuri, who she's going to challenge for the SWA championship. Um, so really, really interesting pair-ups in this five-star Grand Prix. I think it's going to be really strong. At this point, like we haven't been given announcements about the G1 Climax or the best of the Super Juniors, but at this point, this potentially has a chance to be the best round robin tournament of the year we know the champion carnival wasn't that amazing uh, nor was the the they already announced also that that there's going to be a kod grand prix for ddt later on um so i don't know we'll, we'll see but this one seems to be a tournament worth watching and worth following through and through uh, and that is really it. The I guess the only other thing is that uh, after the Donald Monday versus Star match, Siuri did accept uh, the Sayaka Championship ch challenge. So that should be probably taking place uh, whenever Tamakano versus Starlight Kid happens. Maybe uh, that seems like a lesser uh, show. Maybe like an Ottawa show or even a Korakan Hall level show. I, I do not expect that's going to be held for something big. But that is it for Stardom. It was a fantastic show. Definitely worth checking out. Um, if you are if you are getting into Joshi and getting into Stardom, <clears throat> uh, this was a good show to watch. Just I mean, don't don't see it with your Americanized eyes. See it with joshi eyes because this is not american wrestling the other show that we watched and this was the end of the tournament king of ddt 2021 uh this took place also on the 4th of july korakan hall tokyo japan about 600 people takeshita konosuke is your new king of ddt he defeated Juji Hino in a fantastic match with fantastic storytelling. Uh, really good storytelling. Maybe fantastic is a bit of a strong word, but really good storytelling. Uh, that, but to get to that match, let's. I think we, we should go back all the way to the start because we had the semifinals happening also in this show. Before that, we had a KOD eight-man tag team championship match. The the challengers Akito, Hiroshi Yamato, Keiko Nakamura, and Yoshiaki Chatsu defeated the team of Chikara, Sanshiro Takagi, Yakanabe, and Yuki Onaya, the champions, to win the titles. This, this was better than it should have been, but it was still wasn't like that amazing. Uh, and I, I think what, what made it better was that the Joshiaki Jatsu team, and if, if you need a reminder, Joshiaki Jatsu is an all-timer wrestler, uh, Olympian. He recently lost his leg to diabetes uh, amputation, and so he has been wrestling with a, uh, with a prosthesis. And so he's been getting a couple of matches here in DDT, and so they he got the championship now 
it seems like just like a nice thing to do for him. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I think I think people appreciate the effort he puts in, and and that's something in, in Japan. Like in Japan, if you notice, people clap to the effort, not to the spot. And so I think people really appreciate Jatsu's performances and the effort he's putting in. But going back, what I think made this match really good was that because it was Team Olympians, uh, the Jatsu Nakamura, Yamato, and Akito team, there was a lot of mat wrestling and a lot of grappling uh, taking place. And that really helped the match because, like, for instance, you, you had a Keigo Nakamura and Nave mat wrestling chain wrestling and it was pretty good like nakamura's pretty decent nave i didn't know he had that level of mat wrestling competence and so those little things like they really helped the match um and then you had like your big guy like naya doing his thing stuff like that but uh yeah it was an okay match uh so we have new champions these this titles sometimes change more than the heavy metal weight <laughs> titles so don't think much of it but then we actually go into the king of ddt semi-finals first off konosuke takeshita defeated daisuke sasaki the story here is really important um sasaki won his match against bueno and akiyama by low blows and so in this match all he did was try to go for low blows and try to cheat takeshita kept blocking him kept uh, getting the better countering whatever uh until at one point, Sasaki had to rely to just take the referee down or trick Takeshita to taking the referee down so he could distract Takeshita enough to low blow him. And even with that happen, Takeshita showed that not even a low blow was enough. He took a second and he got Sasaki in a chicken win crossface and he submitted him. And to me, this speaks a lot because one, Sasaki defeated Akijama with a low blow and a roll-up. And Takeshita, in this match, he will be chasing Akiyama. So in this match, he showed that he, he defeated. He wasn't like easily tricked by people who tricked Akiyama. He has, I guess, like stronger testicles than Akiyama. And I think that is going to be good uh, because that is some leverage that it's going to give Takeshita over Akiyama. And for that matter, it may we may actually get Akiyama trying to get his win back from Sasaki before going against Takeshita and Akiyama wanting to defeat the guy that Takeshita defeated. Uh, and so there's like a little triangle there that could happen. And by all means, I'm pretty sure Sasaki would want a title shot because he has a pin over Akiyama. But anyway, Takeshita survives the match, and so uh, he advances to the finals. Next up, we had the second semifinal, Juji Hino defeating Kazusaki Higuchi. Fantastic match. Uh, it was just like super awesome, like a Haas fight by all means. Everything that you expect from a Haas fight, you had it. The shoulder blocks, the chops, the slams, more shoulder blocks, more chops, and more chops. Um, I already kind of mentioned that my complaint here was that uh, I did think that Hino, his character of an unstoppable like stone golem, 
it's pretty good for him but when when you're wrestling someone like akiyama or higuchi uh it does kind of hurt a little bit uh in this case higuchi like higuchi did the total job like hino was in complete i wouldn't say control but he was super dominant like higuchi's chest ended up a mess while hino was like doing his whole chop me spot uh he won the with the fucking bomb which was a really strong like win because he hit it and then he pinned higuchi like not in a it was like a cocky pin and so this is building hino as the unstoppable beast and that has been his thing ever since he came back and destroyed Ino. Then he started like going through the ultimate tag league. And while he didn't win, he was a monster there. Uh, like we've seen him destroy Higuchi a couple of times. We saw him destroy Sakaguchi. And so at this point, Hino is just being built as an unstoppable monster. And he defeated Higuchi, who was kind of like DDT's resident monster before he Hino started to go on a roll. And so that also tells you a lot. Uh, it unfortunately had to come at the expense of Higuchi. But anyway, so we have Takeshita and Hino for the main event. Uh, so now we take a break from tournament matches and we had a comedy match, Eruption. Saki Akai and Juki Sakaguchi defeated Antonio Honda and Chris Brooks, the team of Dan Chukudino and Juki Ino, and the team of Yusuke Okada and Yuya Koroku. So this was actually incredibly fun and it was way more fun if you saw the last show where Matt Polly had uh, like Matt Polly tonics that turned people into citizens of Planet Pauline. In this case, it was the Shoku Dino who had a D-tonic and it turned people into Dan Shokudinos or like, we're not necessarily Dan Shokudinos, just sex crazed perverts i guess or i don't know what, what tino is exactly but uh what happened here is that we had a combination of uh like people trying to to wrestle and people trying to do the shokudino spots and it was pretty fun uh the only people that we knew that had the tonics were jukyo sakaguchi and saki akai the only person that came out of the curtain already turned into a Dino was Saki Akai and she was a she was really fantastic she was trying to like grab uh people from the audience she constantly went to do the that spot I don't remember what it's called where Dino pulls down his pants and then she starts squatting and every time Saki Akai would do it obviously everyone's like oh my god is Saki Akai going to pull her down her pants and so you would have like Chris Brooks or Honda just kind of like stop her like, no, no, you don't need to do this. Uh, there was a spot where she tried to grab. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Honda's like penis. And she ha she kind of like stopped herself and like started fighting with herself, uh, like trying to fight the urge. And so you had a lot of those little spots. In addition, you had Juki Ino, who was teaming with Dino and he had already taken the, the tonic. And so Dino and Ino did a lot of spots, like the usual Dino spots, uh, Ino did them too. So that was pretty fun. And at the end, what happens is that 
Sakaguchi had taken the tonic, but it just didn't hadn't like taken a reaction. So at the end, it takes a reaction. He reveals the Dino uh, trunks because they were all wearing Dino trunks. Uh, he kisses Kuruku, sends him into Dino's ass, who was already like in the corner as usual, and then does the Dino driver for the win. This was incredibly fun. Uh, I love Saki Akai's uh, performance as a Dino. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, so, yeah. Good things all around. It was just a fun match to have at this point of the show. Uh, we had an eight-man tag team match. Disaster box. A team of Harashima, Kasuki Hirata, Naomi Yoshimura, and Toru Washi. Wrestle, Damnation, Matt Pauly, Nobuhiro, Shimatani, Soma Takao, and Tetsuya Endo. Uh, this, was, this was a really good match, but it also kind of like, it kind of felt like nothing happened. Um, there was a comedy, some comedy with Hirata as just being like a weakling against Damnation, but then eventually he did get the win over Nobu. But beyond that, we just had like pretty decent showings for Yoshimura, for Endo, for uh, Soma Takao. Yeah, like it was just showings. I Harashima didn't really do much in the match, nor did Endo. They were just kind of like coming in and out. Uh, so it was a good match. Just like it, it was completely filler match. I didn't really see much of it, uh, of how much to it. I guess it's the best proper way to say it. Then we had. Sana Nakamina team of Mao, Katsumata, and Juki Weno defeat Junretsu, uh, Hideki Okatani, Junaki Jama, and Makoto Oishi. This was interesting. It gave me the idea, like, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen with Akijama between here and Wrestle Peter Pan. They may as well just build Takeshita versus Akijama until then. I don't know if Akijama is going to have another match, but like in this match, he was. Like him and Katsumata just had it for each other a lot. And then we had Samaki Jama versus Bueno in the champion versus champion situation. So there, you had like little things here and there. Uh, the really, like in this match, who I really liked was Hideki Okatani. He just had a lot, of, uh, a lot of time in the ring. He got to show off. And I mean, as green as he is, he's pretty fantastic. And, and that was it. Uh, Mao won with a I think it was a 450 top row 450 on Okatani as expected but yeah it was a a decent win uh, I don't know like I said like I don't know if any of this could lead to Akijama versus either of those guys before Takeshita if if Akijama is going to face at Takeshita as Russell Peter Pan they may want to do um, like they're already started with the Sano Nakamina versus Jun Retsu matches but I wouldn't be surprised if we get Akijama in a singles match against any of these guys. Uh, as for Juki Bueno, I have to imagine that he he's going to be defending against someone else. I don't know who. I For Peter Pan, I would totally book Tetsuya Endo versus Juki Bueno. But, I mean, we, are, we still need to see what direction everyone takes. Uh, because we do know it's going to be Akijama versus Takeshita for the title. And that was decided in the main event of the night. Konosuke Takeshita versus Juji Hino with Takeshita winning under 20 minutes. Fantastic match. The So, like, the cool thing about this match is that 
for months we had been seeing Sanana Kamina team versus the da uh, damnation team matches throughout like months uh either three on three or four on fours or even at the ultimate tag league we kept seeing Takeshita and Hino in the same match but never in singles matches so while we had an idea of what would happen if these two guys met there was always either someone there to break up the match so that neither guy so that we couldn't see like what happens when Hino like gets on a roll and destroys Takeshita or what happens when or like yeah like is Takeshita there like what can he do when the match is not like maybe for a big stipulation like being the king of DDT stuff like that nope and so that uh that was a really good tease for months until we finally got this match and and so like again comparing both this man's routes to this match we saw Hino be a monster destroy Sakaguchi destroy Higuchi uh he he's an unstoppable monster and nothing hurts him and then you have Takeshita who's kind of like slowly been a giant killer not giant killer but uh he's just like been a top level guy and so you have finally the both of them clash uh and the match itself was a really good story that i think it it protects Hino in a lot of ways, but also I think uh, Takeshita, Takeshita's win is earned. And that is, the match started with Takeshita going for quick pins, trying to like get a quick win. He, like, I guess he just didn't want Hino to catch fire and just start on a roll. But that is exactly what happens. Hino gets pissed off that he's like just being pushed around. And so he just like, delivers an onslaught of offense against Takeshita. He destroys Takeshita for a lot of, like, at least half of the match until Takeshita can finally, finally start to make a comeback using, because he has, like, just, like, more speed and more agility, and so he starts dodging and weaving and, like, countering Hino, and that's how he finally starts to get a couple of spots in, like, not spots, like, uh, offense in. Uh, he he gets a lot of knees to the face, like maybe a, a hint of Akijama uh, feud, but he starts to get a lot of knees to the face uh, on Hino, and that is going on. But like as the match is going on, nothing is hurting Hino, or like nothing is hurting him enough, and and it, like it gets to the point where like they're doing the chop thing and he know like pretty much like brushes him off uh takeshita goes for a german and he just like opens the arms up and breaks it like Hino is a monster takeshita hits i don't remember what big move he hit but like Hino kicks out like pretty much at one and like he just sits up he stands up he's like just a monster breathing and he like he looks like the unstoppable object or no, i guess it's the immobile object versus the, he's the unstoppable force <laughs> uh so yeah like he was being built like so so big even in this match and and so at that point Takeshita's like okay i cannot overpower this motherfucker so let's outmaneuver him 
and then and that's when he starts to like dodge and weave like and eventually like all of through that he manages to get a hand on on Hino's wrist he keeps dodging he keeps like moving around he manages to get a straight jacket he hits the straight jacket German and he picks the win and the important thing about the pin here is that he managed to immobilize Hino with a straight jacket he hit a German that it was enough that in the combination of the straight jacket and the German Hino was down for three seconds but if this was a four second match Hino would have kicked out because once that hit Hino was like slightly like dazed like whoa what happened but he got up and he was like still ready to go and to me that's where where Hino just looked like a monster like it's like he lost because he lost consciousness for three seconds and that was enough but he would have picked come back again and he would have destroyed Takeshita on other other any other circumstances and and we actually see that after the match Hino goes to Takeshita he like kind of like uh puts his like uh he pats his shoulder and he's like kid you got what it takes but I ain't done yet you know like in a friendly way like he earned Hino's respect and and that was it that was the match I, I really liked that story of how Takeshita had to overcome this golem of a man in order to to hurt him and to get a win uh, so Takeshita wins he's going to be challenging for the championship at Peter Pan most likely uh 199% sure <laughs> uh, and he cut a promo he cut his winner's promo saying like hey like winning the tournament gave me the confidence that I needed to face Akijama again and I've been away for the TOD title so long so I'm ready to win it back it's simple promo but perfect for what it had to be and yeah that was a show a really good closer uh, for the tournament I, I thought the whole tournament was pretty good um uh, like maybe the shows themselves were lacking sometimes, but I thought this they were pretty decent for the most part. This one was pretty good for uh, I really enjoyed it. Like both comedy and wrestling were pretty good. Like even my like the weakest match, I could probably argue that it was. I mean, obviously the KOD eight man, but that's you know just look at the names and understand <laughs> where you're at. But like maybe Damnation versus Sasser Bucks was probably like one of the weaker ones and it still was pretty good so thumbs up for ddt king of ddt 2021 final and at this point we start the road to wrestle peter pan i think that is august 17 so get ready and that is it for japan this week uh i think there were other couple of shows that took place uh, especially that 4th of July day was pretty packed. There was an FMWE Independence Day, like the whatever Onita is trying to do, um, which I don't know. It seemed interesting, but I just didn't didn't get to watch it. I actually also had a lot of trouble finding the video, so maybe I'll watch it later. Uh, but yeah, there was a couple of shows. Uh, New Japan. We don't talk ab about New Japan that much often, but they're their build up 
to the New Japan Dats versus Chaos six man title match. That was fantastic. Like Nagata Ishii was fantastic. Kojima Goto was fantastic. And then the actual title match was fantastic. Uh, all much recommended. Uh, if you get a, wa- a chance to watch it, Noah had the up to emotion uh, shows. It it seems okay. I don't really know. I mean, they're building to Marafuji versus Sugiura for temp for a uh, for a title match, but um, there's things happening there uh, right now. Like the the junior division is kind of interesting kind of weird too they're building uh hidaka versus uh, hayata for the title and i think they're building i think it's ogawa and joshioka i'm not exactly sure if that is the combo oh no actually i think it's going to be uh congo versus chasing for the the tag titles so there's things happening but uh at this point I, I'm not fully like interested in, in like Namishimar Fuji, I mean versus Sugiura. It should be fantastic, but I'm not particularly like crazy about it. But yeah, uh there's a lot of wrestling going on. Remember to watch it. There was that Gleet show with uh show wrestling that took place on the second. That was uh no, that wasn't the second, like Gleet uh was last week. But uh also a fantastic match that well fantastic show overall. Gleet uh has been pretty good. It's I don't know, it's kinda of hard to follow sometimes because it's just work rate. <laughs> There's like that's that's it. It's just work rate. And so I, I expressed this on Twitter that I was like, I think Gleet is going to be that promotion that always gives me fantastic wrestling, but I'll never have fun watching it. <laughs> and I that's my my current uh review of Gleet. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's go to the u.s because it is time for the impact pot uh podcast what am i talking about it's the impact forecast impact wrestling for july the 8th uh we have a couple of matches already announced we have a contract signing for kenny omega and sammy callahan's match at Slammiversary. that is 100% 100% likely coming down into shenanigans. I do wonder if it's going to be in the ring or if they're going to be like one of those uh, fake press conferences that they do really good. In addition, we have Mike Mike Myers, uh, Brian Myers versus Jake something. Uh, the stipulation here is that if Myers wins, no, if Jake wins, uh, Myers has to say Jake something is a professional. Uh, I think if Brian Myers wins, Jake something has to to do it backwards so that Sam Billy can see it. I don't know why that mattered, but they, they mentioned it. And also we have a number one contenders for the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championships. Uh, this is Susan and Kimberly going against Rosemary and Havoc. This is a match that I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it comes down to shenanigans and both teams make it to the pay-per-view. I think it would just kind of make sense to have them all there. Uh, if not, it's going to be Rosemary and Havoc, 100% sure. But I do think it's just going to be some kind of shenanigans so that both teams makes it in. On BTI, we have Steve Mackling going against Suicide. So that should be like a quick squash match. And I think that's 
all that has been announced for impact this week we we obviously are building to callahan and omega we're building to moose and Saban. uh we have the big like right now there's like a little uh, i don't know like how to call it the best uh like a little gang warfare happening in the exhibition uh sites are being picked and so we're probably going to have something around that area too but that is it for impact remember to watch it tomorrow and while you're at it remember you can go to figure 4w online and watch my live coverage of the show in case you in case you don't have access or twitch you can always watch me and i mean read me i guess and get the information there uh but yeah that is it for this week's wrpx remember you can find the podcast on spotify itunes and wrpxpodcast.com uh, if you're on iTunes, leave a review and you are on Spotify, leave a heart or a like, a follow. And you can go to Twitter and find me as DW Revolution. That's T H E W Revolution. Um, you can go to DWrestlingRevolution.com where you can find the written versions of all the shows that we talk about in this show. And I have so many plugs, I tend to forget which ones I've. I'm missing but i think that's it for this week have a pleasant pleasant rest of your week fantastic uh, weekend watching some wrestling uh it's going to be my birthday on sunday so i don't know if i'm going to be watching wrestling that day but nonetheless enjoy and we'll see you next week adios well that's about it son of a gun we've enjoyed it looking forward to next week i guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it but we'll be right back again for Corey macklin dave brown lance russell saying bye-bye everybody